Greetings, friends, and welcome to another episode of How To Wrestling, the world's first wrestling podcast detailing how to wrestling, how to get into wrestling, how to understand wrestling, how goodness knows, maybe even put my co-host through a table. I mean, how to uh, enjoy wrestling. Hi, everyone, once again, I'm hailing from Southside Dudleyville. I'm Kevin Mahan, and joined in this uh, look at one of the greatest tag teams of all time, hailing from the Twisted Steel section of Metropolitan Dudleyville, Joanna Graham. Hello. I thought for a second if I could give you a long, verbose introduction like the Dudley boys get, but I realised that most people would be confused and switch off the podcast. Yeah, careful. You leave it too long, people might forget who I am. Exactly, yeah. They have to realise, to keep it rooted in reality. I'm looking forward to talking about Bubba Ray and Devon, the Dudley boys. I am indeed. These are my favourite tag team ever. I know. And so I've always held a very soft spot for the Dudley boys. No pressure then if I diss them or something or I hate them. No, I mean, there's honestly, (laughs) I'm trying to think of something that I've liked and supported and been a fan of for as long as the Dudley boys. And I sat down, I tried to write up a list and the list ended up being the Dudley boys and then wrestling was the other thing (laughs) on that list. So it's kind of, you know, I was worried there was a lot of pressure going into this one. Mm. Did, Did that... I mean, off the bat, if you're always trying to get into wrestling and whatnot, if we're talking about something I immediately tell you was my favourite, or you knew it was like my favourite, was that intimidating in any way? Or? Um, not. I mean, I think it could have been. If I was a different person, maybe it would be a bit intimidating. Yeah. But I think I'm quite... Um, <laughs> Subtle brag there. Well... I ain't any geek off the street. If it was no. some other jabroni, maybe. But, uh... <laughs> I just mean, I, I know what I like, I think. Yeah. And I think if I didn't like them, I would say so. Yeah, I can't. I can't be lying on this podcast and just trying to please everyone. No, exactly. Got to be. Uh, Got to be brutally honest. That wouldn't be entertaining. Got to be brutally honest. You know. Yeah. Although I will just say our relationship does hinge on you liking these matches. I'm just saying. <laughs> it means if I like him, I really like him. So. That's good. So that's good to know. So the Dudley Boys, a tag team that has been around since the late 1990s, and a tag team that has actually managed to make a name for itself in multiple companies, under multiple guises. Some would say they're the Madonna of tag team wrestling, always constant, but always evolving. Uh, We found them first in ECW, which is the company that Paul Heyman used to run. It was the kind of the violent organization. And from those roots, we ended up finding superstardom in the WWF and, of course, now WWE, with a few stops along the road elsewhere. It's quite hard with the Dudley Boys trying to you know, cast a net and get some of the golden moments without kind of overlooking some parts. But thanks to the uh, tweets and match recommendations, I think we've got a pretty good uh, overview of the old Dudleys here. So, first thing first about the Dudley boys, which, I don't know, what was the first thing you noticed about them? Because for me, it's always been the fact that they wear glasses, and they're meant to be brothers, and they're from this place called Dudleyville. Is that all quite weird and alarming for a new fan? or I wouldn't say a lot of that isn't clear at all. <laughs> yeah. like, I didn't know they were brothers until we watched our third match. Yeah. At least. Um, half brothers. Yeah, half brothers. We'll get into the Dudley family tree in a bit. Right, okay, good. Yeah, no, I don't get that at all. All I really um, understood, because the first time I saw them was when they... Well, I don't suppose it is a debut. Well, a big return, back. yeah. Yeah. Ah. Was it... Raw. The Raw after SummerSlam, yeah. Raw yeah. After SummerSlam. Um, and I knew enough to know that you loved them. Yeah. But I'd never seen them before. I like their camo. Yeah, camo. Quite, quite. It's funny because quite iconic looks a number of times over because they've got the camo, quite an iconic look. And then also 
the original guys being tie-dye, also quite iconic in its own right. What do you make to the glasses? Because, I mean, for me, I've always reckoned that the, the root of my fandom from the Dudleys was the fact that I was a 10-year-old kid who had a shaved head and wore glasses, and here was this big dude with a shaved head and glasses. Were you basically, what, what Breaking Bad? Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't have cancer as a child, Did if that's you what you're implying. I know in Cinema Sorrow I was getting into my bleak Irish childhood, but I didn't have cancer. I'm not saying anything about that, I'm just saying if you had a shaved head and your current beard and oh, glasses, yeah. it's, well, it's the look. I didn't have it when I was 10, but for me, I mean, <laughs> I always thought that there wasn't many tough things or tough guys with glasses on TV when I was a kid. So that was always quite like, wow, they've got glasses. And what does that, I mean, is it unique, do you think? or um, It definitely seems quite unique in wrestling. Yeah. Although I had flicked through of that uh, WWE book you have, and there's a fair few in there that have glasses. Yeah. Maybe not as cool as the Dudleys. Yeah, it's pretty cool that you have got a white member who has black glasses and a black member who has white glasses. I like yeah. the, uh, the kind of... Uh, Color the palette swap kind of aspect of it. It's awesome. Yeah. Dudleyville then was something which maybe was confusing for you. Yes. Um, what did you reckon Dudleyville was? I don't know. I was going to ask you. What is Dudleyville? <laughs> I don't know. Well, they were announced as being from Dudleyville. Yeah. Well, they're Where the Dud- is that? It's near Parts Unknown, I believe. Well, where's that? It's originally wrestlers who maybe were mysterious and no one knew where they were from the kind of the thing was in the 70s and the 80s you would announce them as being from parts unknown to give them a sense of mystique and whatnot it's like they're not from actually anywhere in particular they're we don't know where they're from really before the days of google we just search up now if you search up dudleyville on google maps i'm pretty sure there's somewhere in pennsylvania called dudleyville but um, I do remember actually once on the Wikipedia page it said something like it was famous for its manufacture of tables. And then I think that was just someone who had hacked the Wikipedia page. Dudleyville is a census-designated place in Pinal County, Arizona. Arizona. There we go. So yeah, there was a thing on the Wikipedia that it was, you know, they were famous for tables, much like the Dudleys themselves. But it was just a, a hilarious jape that went unnoticed on Wikipedia for a while. So it wasn't intentional, it wasn't just a coincidence. Oh yeah, someone like... picked it on purpose. Yeah, Dudleyville was chosen as a name because the Dudley Boys' original whole gimmick when they very first started out in ECW were that they were this group of weird hillbillies who wore this tie-dye and they're all weirdo guys, they're all related. It was implied that there was like inbreeding going on and these weird hick Dudleys, where are they from? Well, they're from Dudleyville. You know, just the idea that there was this weird place where these weird backwards characters were from. So who else was from there? Oh, yeah, because, I mean, you have Bubba Ray and Devon, who you will know of, obviously, as the Dudley Boys. But the original gimmick of the Dudleys was in ECW, and Bubba was part of that, as was Devon. But there were a whole mess of other Dudley Boys as well, and they were all just these weird, goofy comedy characters. And there was a movie called Slapshots, with Paul Newman in it. And apparently there's like a characters in there called the Hansons and they were modelled quite heavily on that, that there right. were these kind of psycho hillbillies, wore kind of bright, colourful outfits, were kind of, you know, don't mess with them. Mm. And this was Heyman's idea. He always took stuff from kind of pop culture. But you had Bubba Ray and you had Devon and you also had Spike, who we will talk about later in more detail. Then you had um, Chubby Dudley, who was just this overweight guy in tie-dye. Then there was Dudley Dudley, whose claim was that he was the only pure Dudley, although it was implied that it was due to incest. Then there was Dances with Dudley, yeah. who had a borderline, not borderline, it was an offensive Native American uh, gimmick. Uh. 
Then there was Little Snot Dudley as well. The idea was that all the Dudley boys... Wait, hang on. Did you mention Big Dick Dudley? Oh, of course, Big Dick as well. How can we forget? that's the only one I remember. Big Dick Dudley, yes. Now, they did trim the fat and it came down to this like more serious group who we go on to watch a little bit of in ECW. But originally it was just this comedy group of misfits. And they are all Dudleys. And they are all half-brothers. And the story went was that their father, who was known as Big Daddy Dudley had been a travelling salesman and he went all around the country and everywhere he went, he slept with a different woman. So the idea was was that all of these Dudleys were from all the adventures of Big Dick Dudley. Well, so, hang on, hang on. So did he leave Dudleyville to go and have sex with all these women? Yeah, there was all these different places in Dudleyville. Or did they all come together to form their own like, town? I, I, th- I think it's like, because they say they're from different parts of Dudleyville that he went to different places. Like, well, so how big is Dudleyville? It's obviously quite big because it has both a metropolitan centre where Bubba is from, a south side where Devon is from, and a Native American reserve where uh, Dances with Dudley was from. So all of these uh, men all had the same father, Big Daddy Dudley. Right. He was all, they mentioned mentioned him but he was never seen i always thought it'd be awesome if like big daddy dudley just appeared and he was this monster like nine foot and destroyed them all but... i like the idea if he'd be really puny yeah <laughs> but the basically as it was this kind of you know goofy thing all these weird dudleys devon kind of came in and he was like we need to get serious so he started beating up all the the perceived weak dudleys right. like chubby dudley and dudley dudley and you know dances with dudley so you're left with the core group of true dudleys which was bubba ray and devon who are the main tag team and then also big dick dudley who was the enforcer could you describe big dick when you saw him first big dick hang on let me remind myself of what he looks like mustachioed mastodon large arms goes oh, yeah, here we go. no, i remembered in my head as basically being one of the wyatts and that's pretty accurate <laughs> yeah he pretty much could be one of the wyatts a really yeah. creepier version of the wyatts though big dick dudley scares me because his name is phallic yeah he is a terrifying man with long hair and a weird moustache and his finishing maneuver is called total penetration yeah that's ecw for you folks he's got the same frightening eyes as uh bubba yeah he's got no kindness to him but then it came down that you did have just the two main dudleys which was bubba ray and devon who will go on to become who are often referred to as being the greatest tag team of all time They've won 23 tag team championships in their career. Wow. That's a lot, like, for a tag team to stick it out, like, together like that. So they became these evil heels in ECW. And the first stuff we watched together was stuff from ECW. And a lot of the stuff that people sent in was from the Dudley boys in ECW when they were evil, evil men. So they're basically starting a fight with the people in the audience. Like they, they say no one in the audience is man enough to fight them, and then they leave the ring and go over right in their faces, and um, spitting occurs. It's, it's rather nasty stuff. Yeah, he's literally starting on one of the guys in the crowd <laughs> and threw a beer in his face. Yeah, I mean, if I'm paying money to go see a wrestling show, I don't know if I want Bubba Ray Dudley to throw a beer in my face. No. Or spit at me. A woman spat at him. And then he spat back. In fairness, she fired the first shot. She brought bodily fluids into this. Yeah, and then he called her a $5 an hour fucking whore. Yikes. So I don't get all this. Is it... Was this staged? Or was this actually them literally fighting people in the audience? And how is that allowed? The idea was, was that in ECW, because we've seen some ECW stuff before, and you can probably imagine, you know, the volume's turned way up in terms of 
violence, language, all that kind of stuff. So to be an effective bad guy in ECW was almost impossible because everyone cheered violence and everyone cheered... There were no rules. Everyone cheered profanity. Everyone cheered everything. Um, so the Dudley boys just decided to take it all out on the fans and they would take advantage of the fact that the fans were quite rowdy, usually all male and usually pretty drunk. You know, it's, it's an arena full of angry, young, white, drunk dudes for the most part. And they take advantage of that. They just almost try to incite a riot. Well, yeah, they. I mean, surely what they were doing is not legal. I uh, yeah. Their well, wrestlers attacking members of the crowd, like no matter all, how the crowd acts. <laughs> all I'll say about that is, it's been said oftentimes that Paul Heyman was very fortunate that his parents were lawyers right. uh, in the running of ECW. ECW was involved in loads of. They set a fan on fire once. Um, Jeez. <laughs> you know. Right. It's a real Wild West kind of stuff. But in terms of like how bad it got, no one ever actually kind of made it into the ring and fought them. The worst thing that ever happened was they were in Queens and someone nearly jumped off a balcony to like jump down onto them. Right. That was kind of a big scare. But ECW did also have probably the most amazing security team ever who were very good. Well, I suppose they'd have to. Yeah. They, the ECW like had these this crew full-time. Who always made sure that nothing would happen. But the Dudley boys themselves would say that that there would be people waiting to fight them in the arena when they would go out into the car park. And that's real. Some people like that because that's real old school. Like in the 80s and the 70s, you know, the the, the bad guys, there'd be people outside waiting to fight them. Because like, all right, you're such a fucking tough guy. And you weren't. They had to have bodyguards everywhere they went then. They used to be very careful. I mean, if you had Big Dick Dudley with you, I'd I'd feel pretty safe. You know, not down any dark alleyways. But it was a sign back in the day of you being a good heel. If the audience member was so incensed that he's willing to fight you and risk his life, well, he's surely going to spend ten dollars to see you get beat up next week. Yeah. And that was what ECW really became about for the Dudley Boys was them being so evil that people would pay money to see them get beat up. And the first match we watched in ECW between these, uh, with, with the Dudley Boys, was Heatwave 1998, when they're taking on a, a team of friends who've all been wronged by the malicious Dudley Boys. Spike Dudley, their long-lost brother, who they have deemed the runt of the litter. Sandman, who they've beaten up on multiple times. And Tommy Dreamer, whose wife, Beulah, they broke her neck in the storyline. Oh, really? Yeah! Oh, I missed that. Yeah, no, no, that's why they had all made all the references to one eight hundred broken neck. Well, yeah, I remember they broke a neck of some woman, but I didn't know it was his it was wife. Tommy's wife, yeah. So Tommy, obviously, coming to the age of his 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 uh, his broken necked wife. Clearly, this was cool because I wanted to show you the whole Dudley experience in ECW, the lengthy intro, the fact that we have our announcer at the start, Joey Styles, telling us. That the Dudley boys are so heinous that he will not call the match fairly and he wants to see them get beat up. Yeah, he really hates them, huh? He's so fired up. Yeah. They um they didn't have any music. Yeah, complete silence when they walked out. Do they have they never had music then? In ECW when they were bad guys, they had no music. Oh, I see. Because I was gonna say I swear they in WWE, they had music, yeah. and originally they had Highway to Hell in ECW when they were good guys, but when they were heels, they came out to silence. Right. The idea being, everyone's got cool music, and they were so they hated the audience and hated the fans so much that they would just walk out to stony fucking silence. And I used to hate it, but looking back, I think it's cool, because all you hear is everyone in the arena just booing the fuck out of these yeah. three men. What do you think to the tie-dye? Oh, I like the tie-dye. Yeah. Very Mick Foley. (laughs) 
Yeah, they do kind of have a dude love quality to yeah. them with the, the tie-dye and whatnot. Yeah. The Dudleys have a very large entourage. Yeah, sign guy Dudley. Yes, he can only communicate through signs. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's referred to as being the silence behind the violence. I see, because that makes sense, because he was showing oh. lots of different signs. Yep, in the sign background. guy Dudley. And we have Big Dick Dudley. Yeah, Big Dick, who is a terrifying creature of a man. He's also in this match. We got Big Dick. We've got Sign Guy Dudley. They've got their evil referee with them, Jeff Jones. And then there's another gentleman. Um, how did you describe their ring announcer? Oh, God, that guy is awful. Apparently, his name is Joel Gertner. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> he is a greasy fellow, shall yeah. we say. The man who makes your panties moist. Ew, ew, ew. <laughs> no. So the Dudley boys had their entourage and Joel Gertner, his job was to introduce the Dudley boys. Um, Google Joel Gertner now if you've not seen him already, folks. He is a large man, heavy set fellow with a greasy hairdo, a neck brace and usually wore a tuxedo with short pants and no shirt and a hairy chest. He's so sleazy. He's a slime ball. I mean, I love it. It's awful. He, I love it, though. He does all these, like, profanity and innuendo-laden introductions. There's a couple of pictures of him here where he's got a big furry coat on. Yeah, he used to rock the, the fur as well. He was like a stylish man. I want that coat. <laughs> <laughs> he once claimed that he's harder than Chinese algebra. What does that mean? Um, his penis is so erect. He's talking about his penis then, not yeah. his other body parts. No, 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 his, his penis. Is he that hard all the time? I don't. I mean, it doesn't show. I mean, I no. was I was looking at but his crotch. It's really a big like self compliment to himself because if he's that hard and there's nothing to see there, I mean. I mean, at one point I thought something's going on there, Joe, but then I think it was just a pants tent. Yeah. So I was kind of I backed off, you also, know. Also, I don't think it can be healthy to be that hard all of the time. No, it's difficult to be You'd that hard. Faint. I mean, ask Ross Kemp. There, there. You can't be that hard <laughs> all the time. It's just too much. He, he some of his other ones he had were. Um, He's better than the Titanic because only a hundred women went down on the Titanic. Oh, for fuck's sake. They call him Fred Flintstone because he makes the bed rock. Boo. That's awful. That's like something you get out of. Something your uncle shared on Facebook or something like that. Joel Gertner, your creepy uncle. <laughs> that no one has the heart not to invite to the New Year's party. Just in case any of my long uncles are listening. None of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he introduces them all and Bubba Ray challenges the entire arena to a fight. I gotta, I gotta appreciate that. Yeah, so I like that. We've kind of summed it up there, but how long... I think start to finish, them coming out... Joel introducing all of them, then them doing their promo. You know, it was nearly 15 minutes. It was really long. There was a lot of talking. Oh, and didn't they bring out an effigy of the woman whose neck they broke? Yes. Um, Beulah McGillicuddy, they broke her neck. So they had a blow-up doll with her face on it, who they referred to as Beulah McGillislutty. Oh, for fuck's sake. And they claimed that Devon and Bubba drove her head to the mat with such force... Yeah, that, I've got uh, this Yeah, one. you've got this one. Do you want to take yeah. this, honey? <clears throat> I can't do the impression of the announcer, but he hit her head with such force that she didn't know whether to urinate, defecate, or ejaculate. Say what? Why would you... Who reacts to getting their head hit on a table by ejaculating? I'll tell you right Why now. Why would she... I don't understand that at all. Me and Joe have watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy recently, okay? <laughs> now, I'm just saying this right now. And we've seen all sorts. 
Ain't no one ejaculating after they've gotten a broken neck. I'm just, Not medically possible. I just don't understand. Okay, urinate, I can kind of get... Defecate, I understand. That yeah, happened. That's true. Ejaculate? Does he not know how orgasms work? I mean, that's a real specific fetish you must Honey, have. Honey, didn't you hear all the innuendos? He clearly knows what he's talking about sex-wise. I just... I wish he just... I mean, it clearly is because it rhymed. Yeah, oh, it's true. It's true. It rhymed. It, it, he had he had a triplet he was going for. I mean, am I missing out on some awesome orgasms because I'm not allowing my fetish of being thrown through tables to fully? Honey, push? I don't know how many times I can tell you I can't give you a 3D on my own. I'm just one man. <laughs> I'm just one man. My main question though about this whole thing, start to finish, and obviously there's a lot of problematic shit in there, but was it entertaining? And did it make you hate the Dudley Boys in that wrestling kind of way? It was mostly entertaining. It was. It went on too long. I don't know if that's because I'm a newer fan, so mm. I have a short attention span when it comes to these lengthy intros. Yeah, they seem to be a quite a big thing in the Attitude Era. Yeah, sometimes I really like them, and then sometimes I think they go on far too long. And I think this one went on too long. It's interesting because you remember when we first watched NXT. You hated that Enzo had this Enzo Amore has this I big did. intro. And I like, oh, it's so long. Hated it. And now I'm one of the people that's like Same saying it along. <laughs> And you can't teach that. Um, the trio who were taking on the Dudleys here, uh, very representative of ECW at the time. You've got Spike, who's all bright and tie-dye, £150. Sandman, who is basically human bender. And then you have Tommy Dreamer as well, who you made a very astute observation about, and I think he's been ruined for me forever now. Oh, really? Because yeah. I was going to say, you did the same thing with the... Oh, God, what's his name? The Sandman? Yeah. Sorry, but that human bender thing is so accurate. Particularly here because he's wearing a white shirt. I just, that's all I see now. (laughs) Drinking and smoking, (laughs) eating nachos coming out. He looks like him as well though in the face. (laughs) He does. Um, But yeah, my observation was that Tommy Dreamer looks like Mac from It's Always Sunny. Yeah. If he, like him. If he popped the sleeves off that shirt, there would be dangerous levels of Mac from Sunny. (laughs) Was Tommy... I'm always interested in asking this. This is one of the great things about, about having you on, on a podcast of me is how I can constantly ask, are wrestlers dreamy? And I've always wondered, is Tommy Dreamer dreamy? Seeming as he's got Dreamer in his name, he's got quite big muscles, a sweet goatee, slicked back hair, and he likes Alice in Chains. I personally don't think so. Okay. Um, but... I mean, I can understand why people would think he's handsy. He's got a na- he's got a nineties grungy charm to him. I think. Does he? I don't know. That's why I'm just assuming. What were your thoughts on all the guys coming out with their beer? They're all dressed in t-shirts. I mean, a lot of people make the arguments that the Dudley Boys and ECW were kind of like backwards in the sense that no one looked like wrestlers; they all just looked like guys. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I hate. I really hate the whole. You have to look like a wrestler thing. You have to have your tights it. and knee That's pads. So boring. I'm sorry, but they're just a bunch of white guys in tight pants and knee pads, and they all look the same. And I hate it. I hate the whole. Randy Orton looks the same as John Cena, and John Cena looks the same as I don't know. Insert other wrestler that looks like them who I don't like, so I can't remember here. Yeah. Batista. Yeah. They all again. It's a. I it's hate a it. similar look. They'll all come out with their t-shirt and their little pants on. Little pants. You know. It's fine for like the occasional thing. But um, as a general trope, I hate it. I really so, like the fact that they stood out. So you liked the kind of guys in, in weird outfits then? That's yeah, really cool. Yeah, it was really confusing because there's so bloody many of them. Yeah, there's a and lot of guys in this match. The guy who was playing the ref... I'm sorry if I'm not getting their names here. Oh, it's okay, it's, honey. It's uh, a lot to keep track of. Um, 
he I found really confusing that he was supposed to be some ref. <laughs> the thing. evil ref they had, yes, who doesn't, wasn't the actual ref. He was just outside yeah, the ring. Doesn't help that he didn't look like the refs that I'm aware of. With stripy shirts. You said he looked like a like a darts. <laughs> oh, I said he looked like a darts referee. Darts referee. That's yeah. It. Or a pub landlord. Or a pub landlord. <laughs> ECW guys are either going to tell you how many points you've gotten or a ham and cheese toasty from behind the bar, like one or the other. <laughs> Um, this match was really great because you get to see something I love most about the Dudley boys, which is big Bubba Ray Dudley throwing little people around. Yeah, Spike is tiny. He's so little, and Bubba throws him with such force. Yeah, mean brother. I worry that Spike gets, every time, I've seen this match a hundred times, every time Bubba, like, slams him down with a powerbomb, I'm like, he's gonna kill him. Ah." So, the Dudleys, Mm. they're all half-brothers. Yes, with the same dad. Yep, Big Daddy Dudley. Who went around town sleeping with women. Yep. Raising kids. Raising wrestlers. Raising wrestlers, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they all know each other well enough to like be in a gang together, yep. I guess. Which means they must have grown up near enough by each other to go to probably the same school. I like to think there was a support group for abandoned children. Well, or maybe abandoned children by Mr. Dudley. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> His own little orphanage. Or, or there was like a Dudley family reunion. Like, hey. Because that's the thing. Did they grow up together then? I'm guessing <laughs> they didn't. But they all know each other. There comes a point when you're going into kayfabe where it's kind of like, no one's going to ask that. I'm sorry. Here I am. I've arrived and I'm asking. <laughs> I'm just saying, 20 years ago, Paul Heyman sitting there going, no one's going to ask that. <laughs> all right. So you have to time travel back to 90s sorry, Paul Heyman. The prophecy has foretold there would come a, a woman who would ask these questions. There would come a woman who was so inquisitive that she would not be satisfied by the fact that they looked cool and all had glasses and would demand answers no i have to know how they met i'm sorry it just doesn't make sense was he a supportive dad i'm just saying Heyman, you could do a spin-off of how i met your mother and each episode <laughs> will be big daddy meeting a different yeah. woman from a different part of town you know it just doesn't make any sense unless he had some kind of unless they all spent christmas together with dad <laughs> i just don't get it yeah it's it's not fleshed out if people if you have a kind of an established head cannon <laughs> Please tweet in to yes. How To Wrestling and let us know. Feel free to provide bonus fanfic on that backstory. People were pointing out to us on Twitter as well how much they liked how vocal the Dudley boys were. Yeah. Not a moment goes by that Devon doesn't go like, Who's the man? Yeah. Or Bubba Ray will say something like, Spack is dead. <laughs> I love it. Oh yeah, no, me too. Um... The New Day do a lot of things like that. We're going to shout in the ring. It's, yeah, it, I love it. There's this weird thing with some wrestlers that they like are all like, Rah! and then they come to the ring and they're super quiet. I hate that. I really hate it. Honestly, my I think all my favourite wrestlers yell things. Like Seth Rollins, he's constantly like adding dialogue in the match. Yes, and he's a, he establishes himself more as a character. Definitely. And the Dudleys do that huge here as well. Yeah, I really enjoy it. One of my favourite things that Bubba Ray once did in wrestling was he picked a guy up for a powerbomb, but before he did it, he looked at the crowd and went, POWERBOMB! And then he did it. I'm just saying, if Bubba Ray did that, Wrestling Move Monday would be unnecessary if everyone followed yeah. that motif. Say the name of the oh move before God. you do We this. need a little Bubba Ray Dudley doll, and Wrestling Move Monday should be him doing a powerbomb. Powerbomb! <laughs> There's a lot of blood in this match, and a lot of violence. Yeah. Um, they brawl through the crowd. Yeah, they climb all over the chairs. Right into the crowd. Yeah. Into the people. On the concrete floor as well. There's no mats there. Were you um, worried for them? Um, a little bit, I guess. Uh, but I knew it would probably all be fine because, you know, it was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> They're wrestling now. That's so true, actually, no yeah. long-term effects. Um, 
crowd brawling, though. It happens in ECW all the time. Yeah. What are your thoughts on it? I think it's really unsafe. I think there's a reason <laughs> WWE don't seem to encourage that. Or if they do it, they've got a million security guys. Yeah. There's not getting into fans here, kicking over their chairs. I mean, I suppose it's fine in an ECW crowd because it's not family friendly and that's the kind of thing that the audience has maybe come to expect. Yeah, exactly. But if that like happened in like a regular WWE show... Honey, pick up the iPad. The Dudley boys want to brawl in the crowd. In NXT and little Isabella, you know, the baby <laughs> yeah. kid gets brawled into. There is an incredible moment in this match where a giant ladder is set up in the ring and Spike, Dan- Spike Dudley dies off all the way to the outside. He must be nearly 20 feet in yeah, the air. seriously. Big risk takers were the Dudleys in all their matches. Yeah, it's really impressive. Were you were you kind of shocked by some of the things which you saw them do or see happen in their matches? Oh, yeah, they're very... Um, considering they're large men. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously not Spike, um, but Bubba and Devon. Considering how large they are, they can sure make a lot of distance. Bubba Ray seems, like, able to float, almost. Yeah, he reminds me of, like, one of those flying squirrels. Yeah, (laughs) he is. (laughs) He just kind of floats through the air when he he takes moves. And another thing I love about the Dudley boys, and you see this with with Devon, he gets, like, he gets a move onto a ladder from the sad man, uh, the Rolling Rock. And Devon's selling. You complain about wrestlers who don't kind of make it look like they're hurt or kind of don't act yeah. sore. Devon has an epileptic fit. He almost did a cartwheel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think to the Dudley boys like they're selling and whatnot? Oh, I think it's really funny. I really like their overselling. I yeah. think it's, yeah, yeah, very, very funny. I'm sorry, but at one point, uh, when the announcers said, Big Dick hits the steel. <laughs> Now, there's an analogy for something. Seriously. Big dick hits the steel. Don't think about that too much. You'll, you'll get sore. They put the Dudleys in a tree of woe. All four, yeah. It's it's both Bubba Ray, Devon, Sign Guy, and Joel all get yeah. put in the tree of woe. All four of them. That's when you get hung upside down in the corner. In the corner, yeah. And I hate it. I hate that move so much. I, I hate it. Honey, I know you hate it. I know you Do you know how I, I know you it. hate it? Every time someone puts a wrestler in the tree of woe, you just flip out. <laughs> Flip over. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right, here's why I hate it. Because if you're hanging up by your legs, yeah. just unhook your legs. I just think... unhook them. You can let go. Why would you allow yourself to be hooked up on the edge of a ring only to then be kicked in the face? You just unhook them. I think the putting on my kayfabe cap. Oh, come on. Putting on my kayfabe cap, okay? Taking off my cynical wrestling right. fan day-to-day head. <laughs> putting on my kayfabe cap. Um, when you get put in the corner, what they do is they loop your leg underneath that tight metal bit. And the idea is is that your leg is pushed up against there so tight that you can't act, you, you can't get I it yourself. You have to try and pull it out. Most of the time they don't do that and they just are hooking on. That's what they're, they're meant to do. Muscles. Right. Well, you know, that's what they're meant to do. And I hate it. And if they're going to do it, they should do it properly because just let go otherwise. It's exposing the business. <laughs> don't have tree of woe, woe, Joe. I'm sorry, I don't like it. But did you like when all four of them kicked their faces with chairs? It was very impressive, yeah. Considering that they actually managed to rope the regular referee into doing it with them, because fuck it, ECW. That was like so... I love that. People say that's like, you know, oh, it's just silly referees getting involved, but it creates this kind of feverish atmosphere. Yeah, except I didn't realise that it was the referee, and I thought it was just some random bloke on the stage. No, Joe, it wasn't that slightly overweight man in t-shirt and pants. It was the other slightly (laughs) overweight man in t-shirt and pants. God, couldn't you tell them apart? Oh, yeah. Um, Big Dick's finisher is called Total Penetration. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm too juvenile, but I always laugh. Oh, 
God. Big Dick was introduced as the creature who last night impregnated your mother. Fucking hell. And then he's like... I'm sorry, but all these like sex-obsessed wrestlers, it just makes me think of the sad, like whoever came up with the idea who's like masturbating furiously alone in their basement. That's Joel Gertner, I think. Yeah. And probably Big Dick as well. Oh, yeah. I'll get to <laughs> have a woman someday. And then I'll put her and put her through a table. She'll have the best orgasm through that table. I swear to God. Bubba Ray and Devon take some chair shots in this, yeah. which leave me kind of feeling uneasy. Obviously, late 90s, what is known about concussions now is not known then. These were unprotected chair shots. So when you get hit in the head with a chair, you don't put up your hands or anything like that. As in, you take it full force, the brunt of it, on your head. Now, I did psychology yeah. in sixth form. And I remember learning that um, child abuse, if you shake a child, or not even necessarily a child, you can do it with an adult as well. If you mm-hmm. shake them enough times, their I think it's their frontal lobe or their something yeah. like that gets damaged and it right. actually stores empathy. Oh dear. And so I was just wondering if there's any kind of uh, link between wrestlers who've done a lot of these unprotected chair shots and like, have they committed terrible acts because there's quite often a well there's one obvious example of that which if we were to get into would, would sidetrack us beyond belief oh god is that but the I, one i think it is yes it is but i mean i will definitely say i mean ask mick foley you know what unprotected chair shots have have done because apparently it can like increase like uh anger reactions and things like that oh yeah i mean we talk about like multiple concussions it has like a long-term effect yeah term, like, on their the personality personality behavior just how the brain works mick foley like claimed at one point that he felt like he was underwater most of the time oh that's what God. it was that sensation was like bubba ray taking some of these chair shots here he described on a podcast recently getting hit in the head with a chair on a WWE show, like on television, and like not knowing where he was. Oh my God. And like talking to uh, someone in the match, asking him like where his mother was, and his mother had passed away, and he didn't even, like he couldn't, he had been knocked into another kind of time zone almost. And so seeing it here, the fans react to it, and it is a spectacle, but I always get uneasy now watching these unprotected chair shots. I think it's horrible. I'd much rather them put up their hands. Well, if you put up your hands, I mean, if... realistically speaking if it was real or whatever you would put up your hands to try and protect yourself you're gonna make still headbutt the chair yeah you're gonna like you know still make a big noise because your hands are up there and it's a flat surface and maybe you're not gonna get a horrible horrible injury as a result you know this match ends when tommy dreamer gets a ddt on bubba ray dudley onto a ladder and the crowd goes absolutely wild some guy wandered in with a guitar. Yeah, New Jack. Right. ECW kind of laid it on thick with, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. Yeah, he hit them over the head with it. Yes, and on other weapons as well. Splintered. Yeah. I've never seen a guitar explode. It's pretty cool. They put talcum powder in it to make it give really? a big... Really? I wondered how they made it look so dusty. Yeah, it's cool. What you do is you get a guitar and you shave away. Careful, I'm exposing the business. They <laughs> they shave away uh, one of the layers on the outside so it's nice and thin. So then when you smack it, it'll explode through and then you have the, the talcum powder so all the bits will go everywhere. So hang on, this is a thing that happens frequently enough so that there's actual like information involved well i was i was told by a guy who worked at an indie show that's how you Ah, do it like you know so that's that's some insider stuff there what did you think to seeing the dudleys then in this match what were your first thoughts on seeing them in action it was certainly interesting yeah i don't think i've ever seen anyone getting such a 
fight with the crowd before. I mean, I've seen crowds get angry, obviously, because the John Cena ECW one was something to behold. Mm -hmm. Um, But you could never imagine John Cena then turning around and saying, we got a woman in the front row who taught her daughter how to suck dick. Yeah, that's a different level of of hate. Yeah. (laughs) It's not aged very, very well, I don't think. It came across really weird. Quite, It's very aggressive 90s. Like, I don't get why... They hate the crowd so much. What's their reason? Because they're fucking, they're assholes. That's why. Okay, that's not enough for me personally. Yeah, I guess. I think I'd need more. People, why do people hate them? They hate them because they hate them. And why do they hate them? Because they do despicable things. Why do they do despicable things? Because they hate the people. Well, at you least know? with like Brock Lesnar, he hates the crowd because like, he's just a selfish, egotistical bastard who just wants all the money from. The, the Dudleys were essentially sadists. Was really it. It was okay. they enjoyed making people miserable. Right. They wanted to hurt people. Okay. That was, and once they hurt people. Then they wanted to brag about it. And people would pay big money to see the Duddies be killed. You know, big, big money. And we saw them get smashed here. You know, it was, it was really awesome. It was very yeah. cathartic to see these evil men get beat up. Oh, definitely, yeah. But uh, Destiny comes a knocking, and ECW was not large enough to hold the Dudley boys, who very, very shortly after ECW kind of got a big TV deal, actually headed to the WWF. And a lot of people thought the Dudley Boys would not succeed in WWF. Um, Previous tag teams who had come from ECW trying to make it big in WWF had failed miserably and had been branded as kind of, oh, bad attitude, those ECW guys. Oh, okay. And the Dudley Boys, when they came in, were essentially tested by some of the veteran wrestlers. There's a tag team called the Acolytes. And their job when the Dudleys first came in was to hurt them in the matches and see, you know... You know, push them to the limit, kind of. Why? To see if you're professional, if you're in this, and if you're for real, and if you can do what business. What does that I mean, surely all the head chair shots would be enough. Yeah, but I mean, that was just kind of it. They worked really hard, stiff, bet each other up, and they, then kind of was like the veterans were like, okay, these guys are, you know, they're legitimate. They don't mind losing. They're they're team players. They're Christ. and that's got kind of that old school mentality that you won't really see anymore. There's no no one going to be like beating up someone for real in Good. wrestling anymore. <laughs> It's this hazing kind of thing that comes from, it's leftover stuff from the territory days. And like, you know, oh, that guy came from from Carolina. I hear he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to do business. He's only in it for himself. You know, go go hard on him tonight. Let's see how he he reacts, you know. It is hazing. That is what it is, you know. But the Dudley boys were given a gimmick when they came into WWF. Bubba did this originally when they were funny Dudleys. But Vince wanted them to do this full whole hog when they came in, which is Bubba Ray Dudley having a stutter. Of course Vince would like that. Vince McMahon thinks that speech impediments are the funniest thing ever. Yeah, I remember you've mentioned some things he said about Jim Ross. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He has given so many guys, uh, he looks tough, but he has a silly voice gimmick. He's done that like three or four times. Jeez. And so you had the Bubba Ray and Devon coming out, and they were like, "You should know who we are. We are the And then Devon would have to hit Bubba so he could finish his sentence. So I mean, we watched them with the Rock, a little clip of of the Rock making fun of them for their stutter. Yeah. Well, what did you reckon? To- I just think Bubba's stutter sounds like he's making fun of people with stutters. Yeah, I don't never genuinely thought that Bubba had a stutter. And considering how awfully treated those with speech impediments have been in WWE, I think it's really kind of gross that they got someone without a speech impediment to play 
their like that kind of role. And here's the thing as well: how is the person with the speech impediment something to overcome and an adversity? How are they the bad guy? Yeah, <laughs> this evil bastard with his speech impediment. Oh, I'd like to fix his wagon. Was the whole thing then that everyone was like, "Ha ha, that's so funny." He has a speech impediment. He has a yeah. stutter. But like, surely, I mean, I don't know my timelines great with this, but. Obviously, Dusty Rhodes, he had a, a speech impediment. Yeah, he had a lisp, yeah. He had a lisp. And Jim Ross had a stroke, and so he had a speech impediment Yeah, Bell's as well. palsy, yeah. Oh, he had Bell's palsy, like, like a, it, like right. a Kind of like a stroke in the face. Really, yeah. And it sounds like they were just constantly mocked and made fun of and things. So. Dusty Rhodes less so because he was writing the show, right. if you know what I mean. So Dusty Rhodes tended to look quite good. But again, it's just a Vince McMahon thing. It's really, he's really backwards, kind of, ha-ha, that's funny. Ha ha ha. Thankfully, after a kind of shaky few months starting off, the Dudley boys transitioned into being much more sadistic and much more serious heels, with a penchant for doing one thing in particular. Uh, they'd always been known for putting people through tables, and they brought that into WWF with them, but putting women through tables was also something which they became quite well known for. Whose idea was that? Was that Vince as well? Well, they did in ECW the whole idea of them putting people through tables and but they the did women put women... specifically? I think that's a joint Dudley's-Vince right. okay. writer's decision. As in, how do we make these guys come off as being the most sadistic monsters ever? Okay. We have them go after the, the, the women. Right. And initially it was like... You know, the announcers were like, these monsters, what do they do? These damn Dudleys. Like, Jim Ross would be like, he'd be stood up red in the face going, those goddamn Dudley boys have no business being on my TV, you know. They were evil. I showed you a compilation. Yes, you did. (laughs) Including when they put 76-year-old Mae Young through a table. Twice! Twice. You fucking laughed. I'm sorry, because I think it's because I know about... A bit about Mae Young. Yeah, can you describe Mae Young maybe for any new fans, okay, what you know? Mind, that compilation was the first time I ever actually saw her at all. Yeah. I know that she was an older wrestler. She was 73 when Yeah, she, she was quite, this. yeah, in her 70s. Um, and she was a wrestler. By the sounds of it, an amazing yet weird wrestler. Mm-hmm. Things I know about Mae Young, she gave birth to a hand. Yeah. More things I know about Mae Young, she said if she ever reached 100, she wanted to be put through a table from a like 100 foot ladder or something ridiculous, wasn't it? <laughs> or she, she, wanted to re- no, she wanted to wrestle, I think, on her 100th birthday was the thing. I oh, think no, she, no, she definitely wanted to be dropped through a table that was from the top of the cage. Fucking hell. Like, yeah. like wow. Age Amazing. 100. Uh, so she sounds quite cool. Yeah, Mae Young was very, very cool. Badass. Um, you know, came up wrestling in the 40s and the 50s, uh, a, a bygone era. So that's why I laugh, because I know she could take it. Yeah. She's a pro because <laughs> they ever dressed up in this like old lady jumper yeah it was like a proper granny like, jumper like it, was like it was literally I remember watching it as a kid going that's my granny going through a table <laughs> oh, no. oh no I'm not going to get a fiver this week she's going to be in the ICU <laughs> like you know and yeah not only did they put her through a table we also then saw her get put through a table while jumping off a fucking stage yeah and I, the story was was that she went to Bubba like, don't you dare take it easy on me. You so give it to cool. me like full on, like we one of the boys, you know. Yeah, I love that. But <laughs> the Dudleys and their love of tables brought us to um, our first match with the WWF with the Dudley Boys, which is the Royal Rumble 2000 taking on the Hardy Boys in a table match. So this is a few months into their WWF run, and it's the first ever tables match in WWF. So, oh really? Yeah. So oh. you have to put your opponent through a table to win. Uh, Dudley Boys didn't invent tables, but they tables 
Really? They, they didn't, didn't invent the table? They didn't invent tables. I'm starting that rumour. Seriously. Did what? you know the Dudleys invented the table? Before tables, we just had to eat on pianos. It was <laughs> awful. It was terrible. But they're they're known for popularising tables in wrestling, in mainstream wrestling. Right. Because before the Dudleys, it were used now and then. But the Dudleys, it became a feature of every match. So you had to put your opponents through a table to win this one. So you have to put... It's each opponent, isn't it? Yeah, so, so both Dudley. members of the tag team yeah. have to go through. So and either, it's consecutively. Um, not consecutively, just I swear they said all. nothing, it was consecutively. I think they have to be put through consecutive tables, they oh, said that. Right. But, yes, their meaning of the word <laughs> consecutive. Uh, they didn't mean it like that. <laughs> okay. Camo or tie-dye? Uh, the Dudleys came out in their new look, which is camouflage. I love the camo. I fucking Camo's love it as well. I uh, love the tie-dye too, but... I think I have too much of an association with dude love for tie-dye. Yeah. So whereas Camo, I don't know any other wrestlers. I'm sure there are loads. Yeah. I think it helped them look more serious. Yeah. Because if you've got a dude, these two skinhead dudes who've got, you know, scars all over their heads, weirdos wearing glasses, if they're, and they're putting, attacking women and putting people through tables, there's something about them being in camouflage that makes that all the more sinister, and I don't know why. There's actually a really weird thing to do with them wearing camo. They look exactly like this guy I used to know. Yeah. He would wear camo, like, cut-off shorts and everything. And he had a shaved head. Did he have a leather jacket? And he had a leather jacket and Who'd big boots, and he hated women. Wow. So <laughs> I would just wonder if, like, he really got into the Dudleys too much. Vince maybe. McMahon clearly tapped into something <laughs> right there. There are so many cool spots in this match where it looks like someone's going to go through a table, but like the Dudleys would run in and throw the table out of the way at the last possible seconds. And uh, that was cool, yeah. Man, these guys like absolute tag team specialists. It's such another level when you've got four people in the ring. They're not tagging in and out, and yet you never get bored. You never get confused. This match flows beautifully. Yeah, it was really good, really fun match. Some walloping chair shots, though. Yeah, Bubba got hit properly hard in the head with a chair, like really hard. Yeah. And um, I actually wrote down that, are they being hit for real? But now I know that they are. Yeah, you you turned to me and you were like, are they they actually, are they being hit properly? Yeah, you hear so much about wrestling being fake and I I know a lot of moves are protected and and like normally I do know that they put their hands up to Mm. protect their heads. I thought maybe there was this different tactic, or maybe if you get it from a certain angle. Well, it's the not so only bad, or... real tactic involved there is they would use the side of the chair so that when they hit, that part would move. So you are lessening the impact a little bit, so that there is give because the chair can can open a little bit. You know, right. when you hit them, it kind of it opened up a little bit. But you're still being hit in the head with a chair. Yeah, that's it. Like you know, and to a degree where it is making a loud noise, that's quite sore. Yeah, it yeah. looks really, really. Terrifying. Bubba looks a lot more trim here. Yeah, I know. He was a huge dude in ECW. He was like 350 pounds and he was like a big man. He wasn't like kind of a big muscular dude. He was just like a mountain of a man. He's a lot more trim down here. And in recent years as well, he's gotten, he's weird. He's one of these weird wrestlers who's, as he's gotten older, has gotten more in shape. It's usually the other way around. I don't understand it, but it's quite (laughs) impressive. Meanwhile, Jeff Hardy. God, his outfit. Oh, yeah. What with his uh, black ca- his black cargo pants. So they're trip pants, aren't they? Yeah, I think that's what they're called. Yeah, those like black baggy things with straps hanging off them. Cool. Like, um, oh, God, fishnet 
arm yeah. things. All I'll say about Jeff Hardy is he definitely put his school bag over one shoulder. Okay, <laughs> that's why he's a he don't follow nobody's rules. I just remember when I was in school, so many of the goth kids dressing like basically Jeff Hardy. Oh yeah, the, the Hardy Boys. I mean. We'll get to them eventually, but uh, very iconic looks there. Very influential. I knew a lot of boys and girls who dressed quite like the Hardy Boys uh, growing up. Matt and Jeff dive through Bubba, sending him through a table in absolutely phenomenal double-team moment. Like, completely synchronized. They go from the outside and off the ladder. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. So cool. Bubba Ray Dudley does a super-duper powerbomb to Matt through a table that has been set up on stairs. So it's like extra elevated, which makes Jim Ross say one of the most curious things anyone has ever said on commentary ever. That's got to be some erection destruction there. Now, I have the benefit of this is the second time I've had to try and figure this out on a podcast. Seriously, what the fuck? What Um, does that mean? All I'm saying is that the three of us could figure it out on the Attitude Era podcast, so we can have another go at it now if you want. Sure. Um, The only thing I could think of is that Jim Ross would always use the phrase, he's erecting a table. You know, because right. to erect something is to set yeah, up. To, yeah. And because they had erected a strange structure that was set up, it was a table that was set up on two stairs, so he had erected this structure, this erection, if you will, and by sending Matt through it, he was guaranteeing some erection destruction right here, because... Okay. But you gotta know he's talking about Willie's. I mean, come on, yeah. that's so Jim. Come on, that's so obviously Willie's. When they put him through the table, which way was he facing? Up or down? Um, he's, he was through his back. Was uh, through his back. Through, yeah. I was gonna say if it was through his front, maybe he had an erection and it hit the table and it destroyed the erection. I mean, maybe he hit him with the canvas so hard that he didn't know whether to urinate, defecate, or ejaculate. Maybe that's it. And Jim Ross was just maybe paraphrasing that. <laughs> Um, but we need to do some sort of test on, on the fluids in the ring after the match to confirm or deny any such I speculation. Just, it seems like this era of wrestling is so obsessed with erections, uh, orgasms, sex. Yeah. Dicks. Dicks, breasts. Very phallic era. Um, very <laughs> just things, tits, dicks. Do stuff about that. Mention it, please. Hit them there. Do it. Oh, God. Just, it's the 90s, man. We're all sexually frustrated. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of how it was. Bubba Ray Dudley sets up four tables with a little help from his friends and heads up a balcony with Jeff Hardy and he ends up sailing off backwards going through four tables. Fucking incredible moment. Mm. He falls backwards. Like, wow. You can see he kind of takes a bit of a glance, but that's a leap of faith, you know? I, I was, I'm was i always amazed by that. Yeah, it's impressive. Bubba Ray Dudley, like, the things that he would do, and Yvonne as well, are just, you know, mind-blowing. The risks they would take, the bumps they would take. Really, really incredible stuff, always. Mm. Uh, Swanton then to Devon, which is Jeff Hardy's flipping move off the top of the ladder. He wow. jumped, It's kind of like a frontwards moonsault, basically. Okay. And he dived off through poor Devon underneath, which led to the Hardy Boys winning this match. Uh, this is one of my favourite matches of all time, I think. I, mean, I don't know what you reckoned to the Dudleys and the Hardys here. Yeah, no, it was um, it was really awesome. I do like the Hardy boys. Yeah. And they, I love the Dudleys, obviously. They like, I don't know, they have this kind of... Rapport? Yeah, and it's weird to see that with two teams as opposed to, like, two guys, you can say, like, oh, yeah. they definitely have rapport, but four people having this amazing It seemed very natural and organic, really. Their yeah. wrestling style, it was... 
It seemed so fluid. There was no clunkiness, and considering that there was like lots of bells and whistles and chairs and tables and ladders even involved, yeah. you thought there would have been a large room for awkwardness, and there was no awkwardness. No, it was all really fast but entertaining. And It gets yeah. a hearty recommendation from me to check out the network for any new fans. Uh, if you're looking for a fun tag team match, this is a great place to start. Um, moving on then with the Dudley boys, and maybe going back to something we touched on earlier, which is putting women through tables. Yeah. And the big storyline around this is a match which we're going to look at now, which was from Backlash 2000, which saw the Dudley boys taking on Test and Albert with their valet Tristratus in their corner. And this whole story is about Bubba Ray being obsessed with putting Tristratus through a table. Right, yeah. And obsessed in what way? I think that he was on this personal crusade that he simply had to put all these women through a table. And if there were women who, in his mind, like deserved it more so... By it, by flaunting their looks or being... So hang on, is that how they deserve it then? It's by them flaunting their looks? Well, that's kind of, it seems to be what they're going for here, is the fact that Trish Stratus, because she was like interfering in lots of matches and kind of being a thorn in their sides and stuff like that and getting the better of them, right? that she'd have to go through a table even more. He wants to put all women through tables in, in the roster, but she is after particularly because she has like, you know, got one over on them and but stuff like that. But what is it women have done to offend him so much? It's no idea. Bubba Ray would go into... And this is, this is the God's honest truth, new fans. When Bubba Ray would put women through a table, he would go into what Jim Ross, the announcer, described as a euphoric trance where he would go wide-eyed, like like he's on catnip, yeah. and completely still, and just sit there after this woman has been smashed through a table, just kind of shaking gently back and forth. <laughs> yeah, it basically renders him incapable of doing anything else for a short period of time. Yeah, it's kind of like an internal state of Hulkamania. In his head, all sorts of shit is going on, I'm sure. But to the outside world... He is uh, unresponsive to external stimuli, let's just say. A couple of people have referred to this state as a table fetish. Quite a few people have mentioned his table fetish. Yeah, they did. putting women through tables. Was, was, was his thing, yeah. So it is a turn-on for him, then. I think the lines got blurred with that because the whole thing was that because Trish knew that Bubba wanted to put her through a table, she did these segments on Raw where she was dressed up all sexy, lying around tables going like, oh, tables turn me on, Bubba. There's something about a hard table that makes me so ooey-gooey inside, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And I think that, like... We don't know if that was Bubba got so turned on by that, whereas the fact that she was using his precious tables in a sexual manner made him even more determined to want to put her through a table. It seems very vague. It is. It's so vague. It's just like they had this idea, didn't have time to think it through, and they were like, fuck it, no one will notice. Yeah, they've. (laughs) Like, all the elements of a story are there, but it's not connected together. (laughs) Because you've got, like, the. The announcer's saying that he's in love. That's why he's acting like this. Yeah. But then you've got, like, his tight team partner saying, like, Yo, Bubba, we've got to get her to get our minds back on business. And then Bubba's acting all over the place. So it's it's quite weird. It's really weird. So this whole match, then, is based around them wanting to put Trish through a table. It starts, doesn't it, with Trish doing, like, a sexy webcam video or something. Yeah, that was the, the table fetish videos <laughs> we were just talking about. Yeah. And then she was all like... 
She was trying to stop stop him from putting her through a table. I don't understand why she's targeting Bubba so much in this and not Devon. I think it's because her guys have a greater chance of winning if Bubba's mind is not on the match and Bubba's mind is just on her. Is so that she's an established thing that works. Yes, because she she had cost some matches and they had lost because Bubba was distracted by her. Oh, okay. Or it was like Bubba prioritized putting her through a table as opposed to to beating the other team. Oh, but he was still wanting to put her through a table. Oh yeah, definitely. So it was kind of like, Dudley boys are going to win the big match. Oh no, there's Trish being sexy and taunting Bubba and say, oh, you're going to put me through a table, are you? And then he's like, Argh! and then they lose the match as a result. So Trish is kind of playing with fire here almost, <laughs> using the fact that she could be put through a table to help her team gain a psychological advantage. You know, I can't help but wonder, you know how watching things from a young age influences your kind of sexual preferences? Yeah. Wrestling definitely has an impact on on that. How many people, I wonder, have grown up with a fetish for women and tables as a result of this? There must be. <laughs> there must be. A lot. There right? probably is. That, yeah, seriously, because... We no, did find it's a, a compilation. Sexy video she does. Like. It is true. We did find a compilation of every instance of a woman being put through a table Got ever. Loads of, yeah, footage there that you can go through. It's true. Someone yeah. out there has obviously been affected deeply yeah. by Bubba Ray Dudley. <laughs> the match starts off by Bubba leaving the ring and running after Trish, hollering, I'm going to get you, you bitch. Yeah, you little bitch. He says that, like, nine times in this fucking match. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable. So he doesn't like her now? Is that the thing? I'm so confused. He, he seems really, to hate her, yet really want to have sex with her. He's conflicted. Does he, I mean, does he want to have sex with her, or does he just want to throw her through a table? I think that's what the announcers are speculating, but I think, as, we, as it turns out, that no, he does just want to put her through a table, I okay. think. But Trish is still kind of manipulating him because she kissed him before this and all that and he acted all weird so I know it's well I think anyone would act weird if someone's lounging on a table like flirting with you and then kisses you randomly and... well you wouldn't actually weird if you had a table fetish she'd be delighted yeah it's true you She's know like over the moon the Dundee boys are meant to be heels here that is the thing they are meant to still be bad guys and the announcers okay. are treating them as being bad guys but because you've got two bad guy teams here this is where the Dudley boys start to become like face because the crowd start chanting what? tables the crowd want to see it now because they've teased it they've teased it and made it such a oh this can't possibly happen imagine if he did that folks they've conditioned the fans now to want to see this because this is, has to be her put through a table yeah that's what they want to see now because they have conditioned the fans that the payoff for this feud is going to be this woman being put through a the table. The massive injury of a, of a woman. That's nice. And that's why you have this entire arena are going, we want tables or tables, tables. All the while Jim Ross is going, that young woman must be fearing for her laugh right now, King. You know, it's God. weird. And I think it's their own fault for make, they're making the fans expect this kind of thing, and that's why they're starting chanting for it. The whole thing just seems so confused. Honestly, I mean... <laughs> it is I'm very assuming confused. it's still confusing for you. Oh, yeah. As a new fan who has no idea about all this other stuff, it's so weird. I can't get my head around it. I'll be honest, when they wrote this feud, they legitimately were not probably writing it for a woman to sit down and kind of go, <laughs> ah, I see. Does that seriously what... Surely, though, men aren't stupid enough to watch this and go hmm yep that's how things work yep <laughs> well the moral I'm angry and confused and i want to put a woman through a table i gotta live vicariously through the dudley boys yeah i mean surely not that's... the the idea was is because of the adage there the whole idea is that they wanted to push the envelope do things which you can't do that you know that was right. the idea it was to be which is fine rebellious Whatever. and be rebellious and putting women through tables isn't really my issue 
But it's like, it's just, it's so confusing. I yeah. really don't understand the whole him being aroused to buy it, her seducing him, which is the yeah. whole concept I find confusing anyway. <sighs> Meaningless thing. It's, it, no, you're right. It is a complete, it's a shambles of a story that's hodgepodge together to try and give storyline justification. Because meanwhile, you've got like the, the commentators going, saying things like, he only wants a kiss, says Jerry Lawler. And you've got Jim Ross saying like, Oh, this is terribly frightening for the poor woman. Then you've got Jerry Lawler saying, you've got to admit that if Trish put those big luscious lips on you, it might change your life too. And then you've got Bubba saying, oh, you're a little bitch and I'm going to get you. It seems like there's three different stories going on here. Oh, yeah, no, you're definitely right. (laughs) And again, the the fact that the spectacle of the table in there, they're using that to advantage of. They don't need much of a story to go on. They're just throwing stuff out there. And the end point is this woman is going to go through a table, you know, that is kind of where this is all leading towards, and no more so is it evident by the fact in this whole match, Devon just gets beaten up slowly, Bubba's there desperately trying to get in, they're making this like the face thing now, because you get the hot tag to Bubba Ray, yeah. he clears house, you know, and Trish then comes in and distracts them once again as they're about to win. She does like a little dance. She does a sexy dance. A sexy dance. And Bubba Ray gets distracted, which leads to Devon taking the pinfall and uh, TNA win the match but again it's not about who wins this match (laughs) because as soon as the match is over Albert gets the the Dudley death drop the 3D very cool move yeah very cool move very cool one of the few moves that Joe said that she was able to kind of like recognise almost I am now I I, I know the 3D that's awesome but it all comes down to this post-match attack where Bubba gets Trish he grabs her by the hair she kisses him and then he puts her through a table. Yeah. While saying, I got you now, you little bitch. And a very awkward silence yeah. follows. So she's put through this table. Table smashes into pieces. And she's so small, it looks well scary. Oh, yeah. And she, like, she Trish was not a wrestler at the time. What? Trish was only a manager. Uh, oh, so she, my God. And this was Trish maybe maybe two months into the business in wrestling. Oh, so I totally came into this thinking she had all, she was already a wrestler by the Oh, time. no, she wasn't. But that, she... Oh, my God. She wanted to... Because she didn't want to be labelled like a lot of the ladies had been labelled at the time as just wanting to be there yeah. in a managerial role. But Trish wanted to be involved and she yeah. would take these... These, these moves as a result. And like Jim Ross says, the fans want a car wreck. I mean, they stopped saying it's despicable because now everyone is going apeshit. They're like, oh, Bubba's going to do it. He shoots, he scores. You know, she explodes to the table. And then, like, there is this awkward silence then as we have oh, to yeah. deal with the aftermath of oh, this woman being really put through a table. it's weird. It's like cuts between the audience, which are like booing and everything or cheering or whatever they're reacting in a wild way and then they kind of calm down meanwhile they yeah then they calm down and it's just like silence and then they bring out a gurney and a bunch of paramedics and they like put a neck brace on her and they strap her down to the gurney wheel her away and the announcers are like still kind of confused because jerry lawler at one point says ah yeah she was using her womanly ways like mystical powers that women have apparently the only antidote to womanly ways, apparently, is a stern tabling. Yeah, so I've heard. Yeah, so she gets this neck brace on, and the crowd is really quiet. And meanwhile, there's another replay of Oh, it? they show it over, over and over, and yeah. over and over. Yeah, to kind of reinforce, this is what you were cheering at. Yeah. And then you have Jim Ross with the line of the night as she's been uncomfortably stretched away in front of 20,000 people who realise that maybe this wasn't such a good idea. And Jim Ross goes, this ain't funny, folks. And five seconds earlier, he was like, he's gonna do it! Oh my god! 
<laughs> Meanwhile, they're wheeling her out into a fucking ambulance. Now, when we looked at this in the Edge Era podcast, we were kind of came to the conclusion that what they tried to do here was they were trying to push the envelope and try and be like kind of outrageous and all that. But by putting it in this context and then giving you this kind of bloody aftermath, so to speak, that they ended up kind of underlining this and saying this was really wrong and we shouldn't have done it and made it out to be this fucking horrible, monstrous event. So we ended up thinking that it was you know, quite a problematic thing, the fact that they not only had they had this really violent act against the woman, but also then mm. that they were kind of like, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Not kind of like, oh, it's all part of this wacky show, folks. Yeah. It's like, fucking hell, that was disgusting. I bet you feel like shit. So my question to you that is, you know, how do you view it? As both a new fan, but also, you know, maybe your perspective on it might be different. Well, when I first heard about it, because you did say, you kind of warned me going into this, you were like, like, oh, they do have their problematic aspects. They put a lot of women through tables. And I was like, well, I don't really see the problem with that because I like intergender wrestling Mm -hmm. and I don't feel that, you know, wrestling should treat women as somehow inherently weaker. Yeah. And therefore putting them through tables is no different than putting a guy through a table. However... Mm-hmm. having watched all the super cuts and knowing a bit more of the backstory and especially now knowing that Trish wasn't a wrestler she I was feel... still trained to take bumps and stuff oh, no, no, though, just so fine. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course um, I imagine they all I hope they all yeah, were yeah, yeah. but my issue is that it really literally is using women as objects yeah <laughs> it's like you could replace them with a precious vase <laughs> so, and if you can do yeah, that yeah. The, that's true that's pretty problematic so like my, I wouldn't have an issue with it at all if say Trish had her own entire story and she was an actual wrestler at the time, which I thought she was. Mm-hmm. The fact that she's just this kind of backstory character, managerial role that doesn't yeah. do any actual wrestling, definitely with the other women that they did it to as well. Yeah. It seems like, oh, we're going to bring in some women here to further the plot of these guys being bad guys. Oh, except now they're good guys. So it's yeah. really confusing. And I mean, I was more okay with it, I think, when... Because after this match, ultimately, because it becomes such like a, a thing and then putting people through tables, the Duddy boys ended up becoming faces and they would just be putting bad guys through tables. Mm. The idea being was that their kind of... Their ultimate goal, seemingly, was to put evil Stephanie McMahon, who was like the top evil person, <laughs> through a table. It's kind of like, holy shit, you can't do that. And it became better in a sense then because you've like the Dudley boys going after, say, like Tori, who has like put them through tables mm. and stuff. Like, and it seems a little bit more of an even playing field. Like they're kind of yeah. trying to. It's not just Dudley boys are doing this because we need to establish that they're horrible. Yeah. You know, as opposed to the, the Dudley boys have an issue with this woman because something has happened. You know, there's an actual reason and a story as opposed yeah. to. Who, what defenseless woman will they predate on next? And it seems really weird as well, the fact that they're supposed to be faces at this point, and yet meanwhile you've got it really serious, you know, dragging Trish out into an ambulance, the commentators guilting you, yeah. going, oh, this is terrible, and oh, you're terrible people for, you know, cheering this and whatever. It just sounds like they don't know what they're supposed to have an opinion on either. Yeah, it's... Everyone it's, seems confused. It's almost like they were kind of just doing that to kind of do have their cake and eat it. Let's yeah. do the ridiculous thing and then be like, wasn't that awful? But if that is awful, then surely they can't be faces. Yeah. Well, again, that's the whole idea. Is that it was the Attitude Era, so guys who <laughs> just did ridiculous things. And, you know, like Steve Austin just did, like, stuff, crazy shit all the time. But there's a difference, though, yeah. surely, between, like, you know, crazy stuff that happened that's, you know, fun stuff like that and 
stuff that the announcers call despicable. Oh yeah, that's true. Because when they're pointing out and saying it is despicable, yeah. But they kind of start warming towards it. You see, I won't say they're full blown faces here. They they would know, yeah, become faces the... kind of after that, and then the announcers would would warm to them because the Dudley boys were great kind of like underdog characters then that they were these kind of <laughs> psychotic weirdos and the big evil faction at the time Those was always underdogs putting women through tables but it was kind of it, it gave them this like reputation as being these kind of they were tables they did crazy unpredictable stuff yeah and but the fact is that they they just used women, women randomly to achieve that goal yeah, like that I was, said, I wouldn't have an issue yeah. with it at all if it was, like, established female... Like, if they did it with Sasha Banks today, for example, wouldn't have an issue with it, because she's a cool character in her own right. So her plot isn't all about you being know, put through a table so Bubba yeah, can yeah. have an erection. They'll <laughs> go into his euphoric <laughs> trance. But they will become full-blown megafaces um, after this and have a very, very successful run, like, right up at the top, like, main eventing and stuff like that. Dudley Boys were hugely over we watched my favorite segment of all time which is when the dudley boys pretended to join the evil (laughs) right-wing cult-like right to censor who are a group of bad guys who wanted to make wrestling not fun by getting rid of violence and nudity i love that and they (laughs) fake joined them it was a fake out it kind of makes sense for them to join in a way because they were like evil i remember as a kid thinking i was like tears in my eyes going oh no they've realized they're evil damn it i thought they wouldn't realize (laughs) damn it when they hated the um when they hated the crowd yeah it ties in with quite a lot of you know because right to sense are all about all terrible fans like yeah. wanting violence and nudity right but the dullies i suppose were more sadists in that they yeah. hated the fans and wanted to punish them <laughs> but i just wanted to show you that segment of the right to censor getting the wool pulled over their eyes and then the dudley boys they're saying like tables the tables are wrong and if the tables are wrong I don't want to be right. Joe called that line as well when oh, we were watching it. It was awesome. So predictable. <laughs> Wrestling predictable? How dare you? I'm glad you think it's awesome and not really lame. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's not it's it's a it's a comment on your awesomeness, not on the predictable nature of, of wrestling promos in, in any way, shape or form. Right to censor is basically like lawful evil. Yeah. And I mean in kayfabe terms. Of course, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile the Dudleys are like chaotic. Chaotic. Good. No, chaotic evil. Just chaotic. Well, I mean, they were good guys at this point, though, I guess. So, you know. I guess, yeah. They were. But, yeah, I just want to show you just to show kind of when the fans were on their side, the fucking, they would go apeshit for the Dudley boys. And they loved seeing them get the bad guy, you know, get whoever it was that deserved to be, you know, put through a table. And it was a lot more fun and, honestly, a lot more memorable. And fans are going to go, oh, man, you know, Dudley's. They'll probably have more stronger memories of Dudley's you know, putting the bad guys through tables, like as being fans growing up, as opposed to yeah, you know that period of a few months where it was just women they were putting through tables. So well, I was there's not happy. Much potential there with putting women through tables, whereas if you're going after an established baddie system, yeah, there's a lot more you can do with that. Somewhat tragically, as in real life, there seems to be somewhat of a glass ceiling by involving women in their storylines. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is. Yeah. It just seemed to. Well, at least Stephanie McMahon was involved. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And the Dudley Boys rode this beautiful wave of momentum. So many memorable matches with the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian. I didn't want to just do all the big ladder table matches because we'll have nothing to talk about with the Hardys and Edge and Christian, which yeah. we obviously want to come to. But I did settle on jo- showing Joe tables, ladders and chairs from WrestleMania 17, where the bar is considerably raised 
in what happens in a wrestling match. We have Paul Heyman on commentary too. Yeah, another match awesome. from WrestleMania 17. It's basically goths versus the popular kids versus, <laughs> I don't know, n- nerds. I don't, the Dudley Boys, I don't know if they're nerds, they're probably yeah. more like the kids who like fry ants at the back of Weird the school. Those, yeah. Or the guys who enjoy the frog dissection a little too much. <laughs> What's up with their uh, whole... Was up thing. Ah, yes, was up. You got to see was up during this. Is that? I mean, I'm familiar with that. Obviously, growing from up in where? The... Yeah, where do you remember was up from? Um, it was a thing loads of kids in school did. What is up? And I remember, I think it was a scary movie. Quoted it a lot. Oh yeah, it was in that. It was originally a beer advert. Oh, I think I remember that beer advert. Yeah, yeah. It's a beer advert, and uh, they would say was up. Nothing, just drinking this particular brand of beer, which I find enjoyable. Yeah, it was, what's up? What's up? You. Perfect. You know what? I would prefer the Dudley was how they would do it. it was they would do a scoop slam, which you should know from Wrestling Move Monday. Yeah. And then they would hold open their legs, and Devon would jump off the top rope and headbutt the guy in the willy. But they would both go, "What's up?" Are supposed to be in the willy then? Oh yeah, headbutt to the dick. Because that really bothered me as well, because it looked like he just couldn't quite reach. <laughs> like, he's just going to rest his chin near Yeah, he his... kind of gently lands his head on Hi, his... Hi, I'm just here to get a good look at your crotch. I imagine you'd wear a cup if you were wrestling the Dudleys on that particular yeah. night. My own kind of very obscure headcanon, I'm hoping for an alternate world where the Dudley boys do a scoop slam, hold up the legs and go, are we having fun yet? <laughs> and then dive off and do their headbutt, but sadly, not the case. And we also get to see in this match, I mean, so many spills and chills, huge spots. Something that was very important was the very iconic part of the Dudley's routine, which is, Devon! What? Get the tables! <laughs> All right, I guess, yeah. Which flew completely over my head the first time I saw it. Then we, it you don't realise, when you, the first time you see something that's a thing, you don't know it's yeah, a thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the second time I thought it was really cool. The and third time? Then I asked you to show me a couple more. <laughs> yeah, it was. We, gets cooler each time. Yeah, we found one on YouTube that was called, like, the best goddamn get the tables ever. And, like, yeah. Bubba Ray's like, Devon! And his head just explodes. <laughs> and the words, get the tables, appear in front of it. I fuck oh do you know how many times in school we hit it we would slap each other as hard as a big push go halfway down the corridor get the table (laughs) one thing that consistently bothers me though is that this era of um of Bubba Ray yeah he looks exactly like Eric (laughs) Wehart exactly (laughs) like him it's so freaky no it, it's true it's, I um, want Tim and Eric to reenact the get the tables routine definitely I think that would that would work with some yeah. uh, some some clever new uh, editing techniques yeah <laughs> some high points in this match including when all six men climb a ladder and all six men fall spectacularly to the floor putting core Christian who went all the way to the outside yeah we see interference from the bannermen of all three teams in this match with Spike Dudley coming out to help their brothers, Lita coming out to help the Hardy Boys, and Rhino coming out to help Edge and Christian. And Lita's thong to help Lita. Yeah, Lita um, was her whole gimmick was having her her thong out. Okay. It was her her. Is pants. that a gimmick? I'm not sure. Like it was. A, it's a, a look, I guess, not a gimmick. <laughs> what did you reckon to the Zanius then? With like you know Lita smashing guys in the heads with chairs and doing her cool. and as I fucking love it. I, I love Lita. She's she's great from what I've seen. Definitely. I've met her. Oh, yeah, yeah, you have. Fucking amazing. The only wrestler I've ever met. <laughs> That's cool, though. Still, if you're going to meet one wrestler... And I've met her good. before I'd watched any wrestling, so... Oh, nice. So you were one of those fans that she had to kind of be like, oh, fuck, we can't even talk about wrestling. Oh, we could talk about her music, because <laughs> ah. I've listened to her 
her songs. Her Lucha Gores songs. <laughs> yeah. I do love Lita. Uh, Lita does get a 3D from the Dudley boys. Mm-hmm. And then Jeff Hardy, in a moment of absolute grandeur, hits his Swanton bomb off the top of a ladder through poor Rhino and Spike Dudley. The the spots in this match, the things they do, you have to see this. Oh, yeah. This is a must-watch. This is the match which I said that I kind of I showed to everyone the first time they watched wrestling, Aww. when they were teenagers, kind of going, See? See? Look how much they're being hurt. <laughs> it's not fake. Shut up. You're <laughs> fake. EastEnders is fake. Football's fake. Shut up. <laughs> At one point, Matt Hardy removes the ladder, and, like, Devon oh, hangs God. from the cable. Yeah. Oh my god. It's so scary. And then he jumps off, doesn't he? Let's yeah, he go. just kind of splats, let's Ugh. go, falls to the mat. You let out many a squeal in this one. You yes, know? I've written, aren't they all horribly injured? They probably were. <laughs> Most definitely they were. It's terrifying. Um, someone say they set the bar too high on this. Well, that's the thing, right? If you're going to... Sorry, this is heralding back to a previous episode, obviously, of The Young Bucks. But I know people were saying about how it's disruptive and it doesn't work and it sets the bar too high. Yeah. Yeah, surely this was the same problem. More or less, yeah. I think so. I mean, the idea, I guess, is that they weren't doing this every week. This was for, like, this was WrestleMania, I guess. You know? So the idea was that they would do these big-ass matches... But everything they were doing normally was building up to, well, you're going to have to have another big-ass match, and what are you going to do in that match, you know? And this really was kind of almost like a peak of what you can do in these types of matches, I would say. Yeah. I don't think they've ever been able to top this, maybe equal it a few times, but they did... I mean, people talked about tag team wrestling a lot more back then, and it was because of the fact that the Dudley boys and these other teams were willing to do this, you know? They were willing to do things that no one else would do as a tag wrestler. Yeah. They're not getting the biggest paychecks that night. Wow. You know, they're not in the main event. They're not going to sell the most merch, but they took these risks, they did these things, and as a result, everyone remembers all those teams. Yeah. And the Dudleys as well. You know, they sacrificed their bodies to gain notoriety and kind of long-term memorability. It's pretty incredible that they're still wrestling now. Oh, yeah. And they're wrestling like as, as well as they ever yeah. have. They've not slowed down. And you'd think most people after this match... I mean, the iconic moment in this match is when Jeff Hardy is hanging from the the, the loop. Yeah. And then Edge does a spear jumping off a ladder. Whoa. Just incredible. Just uh, incredible. Wow. Iconic stuff right there. Bubba and Jeff then sail to the outside off a 15-foot ladder through four goddamn tables. Yeah. Absolute devastation. And the Dudley boys sadly lose their tie team championships as Edge and Christian climb up and grab them in what I can only describe as one of the most spectacular matches in wrestling ever. I mean, I wonder what your thoughts were on oh, this one. definitely. It was awesome. Yeah, I've written, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> really is one of the, easily the best matches. That- Did you like, because for me, when I watch it, I kind of go between, whoa, and, oh no, they're going to be hurt. Yeah. I mean, was the, does the concern play a factor in oh, there? Oh, definitely, or? yeah. I do worry for little Spike Dudley. <laughs> Poor Spike. Tiny little guy. I suppose it does make it easier, as you said earlier, though, the fact that you know they're okay. Yeah. So it's not like, if you're watching this live, though, fucking hell, heart in the mouth, you could have imagined. It was really, really scary stuff. The Dudley boys kind of, after the attitude ended, and it ended after this pay-per-view, did kind of become sort of utility players in that they were just reliable guys. They were, you know, they would win tag team championships, but the bar had been lowered again, this kind of crazy hardcore stuff was being de-emphasized. Okay. They split them up for a bit. They brought them back together. They never really had 
as much juice as they had previously, but were still featured quite a lot. During this time, there were accusations of the Dudley boys, specifically Bubba, being unprofessional right. with younger wrestlers. Um, okay. Some young wrestlers, notably including uh, Randy Orton, who was only a very young rookie at the oh, time. Oh, someone mentioned this. Accusations of them being unprofessional, them being stiff, uncooperative, hurting them in matches, not listening to what the other guy had to say, being overly controlling. If you listen to the Dudley boys, they'll probably say it was about respect and old school and this is how it's meant to be. I suppose it happened to them, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, not that I'm condoning it at all. I don't think that's a good thing to do, but... Yeah, yeah, you can at least kind of understand why they think that might be a thing that happens. And I mean, there's a lot of guys who are like, recently when the Dudley Boys returned, there was like three or four guys from the their past. There was like uh, Rene Dupree, Sylvain Granier, a guy called Rico, all kind of just, like, you know, lower card guys who all had the same thing to say, which is he is a bully. Uh, he was unprofessional. They hurt me. And fuck them, you know. Wow. So I'm, yeah, it's it's that's always something you got to bear in mind with the old uh, Dudley boys. But it's I say the Dudley boys, it's Bubba. Yeah. Bubba has a reputation. Okay. Of being. I'm glad it's Bubba and not Devon. Devon's got a juice shop in Florida. So he's, oh, does he? And he trained his sons to wrestle. So oh. he's a lovely man, is Devon. I met Bubba Ray Dudley, and he is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Yeah. Listen to any episode of the Editor podcast featuring Bubba Ray Dudley, and listen to me talk about how great he is. <laughs> I met him and he was a total dick. Really? An absolute total shoot dick. He what was a, happened? He was just a dick. Like, what did he say? I went over, I like. I tried to impress him by saying that, I said something about like going to see wrestling in Japan. He's like, do you see TNA in Dublin because you're from Ireland? And I said, no, I don't really like TNA. And he goes, you went to fucking Karukan Hall in Japan and you're not going to go see the Dudley boys in TNA in Dublin? Is that disrespectful? I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Oh my god. Can I have my picture now, please? Thank oh. you. Thank you, Diva. I hope your juice shop is going to be very successful. <laughs> and there was another guy there. He was like, hi, I'm a wrestling journalist. And he gave him his card. And the guy's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I can imagine now in the hypothetical world where you meet Bubba Ray and Diva. I'm like, hi, we're podcasters. Shut the fuck up. Get out <laughs> but yeah. Part of it, he will say, is like it's him protecting the business and protecting. So, is was Devon a dick as well, or is it just Bubba? People kind of said it was ma- all the accusations of bullying and stuff. It's it's but Bubba like when, specifically. When you met him, Devon was lovely. Bubba was a dick. Oh, you know? Yeah. So that's just the way it is. But that's that's what. How old were you? Um, I was gonna say like I'm, like, I'm 16. I was like 22 or some shit. Like, all right, so. there's no judgment. No, He's a scary right. man. He is a scary man. <laughs> I, if I met him and he yelled at me, I'd cry. I think he had like, he had, like a black eye as well oh, and sunglasses. No. <laughs> it just it looked like he was he was not in the mood to meet me Sounds that like day. Really got him on a really bad day. Yeah. The last match we watched for the Dudley Boys uh, was them taking on Rob Van Dam and Rey Mysterio from Judgment Day 2004, just to kind of show you. What, not that they were relegated, but they were down to kind of, you know, tight team wrestling wasn't as big, so therefore the Dudleys couldn't be as big. They didn't have those big teams, so therefore it was a bit of a glass ceiling again for, for, the, for the Dudley boys in terms mm. of what they could achieve. Um, coming out in a less popular look, which is the bright yellow camouflage and football tops. Yeah, I didn't get that look. I thought that their yellow camouflage would come in useful if they're going to wage warfare in a jar of mustard. Or they, piss. They look like football tops. They're supposed to be football tops. Yeah. It's, they are? 
I think it's kind of like football hockey top type things. Yeah, oh yeah, it does kind of look like a hockey top. Are they supposed to be playing a sport then or supporting a team? No, or? they're just meant to look tough, I guess. They always would change their look, but yeah. I way prefer the camo. They were 17-time tag team champions at this point, which oh. leads you to believe what more is there for you to do? Yeah. You know? A really great match, some really cool offense. Um, I particularly would like you to get to see you know, Rey Mysterio and Rob yes. Van Damme, who are a lot oh. quicker to see the Dudley Boys can work a much faster pace. Um, one point, there was this big catapult head scissors thing where Ray gets thrown up by RVD, catches him. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, Dudley Boys bumping like champs, really entertaining. But again, this is definitely them in a kind of a lower point than where we would have seen them in 2001. And it was a problem with this episode was that nearly every single match that was sent to us, and we got a lot, was from 2000 or 2001. Yeah. And the Dudley Boys were, you know, they were wrestling from 97 all the way through to current day without a break, really. It sounds like they really had their peak. Yeah, it was a peak. And, you know, the the Valley was still quite good, but it wasn't really what they were, you know, capable of, I think. Um, Rob Van Damme and Rey Mysterio end up winning this match. Um, again, very enjoyable just to kind of look and see kind of a different type of match and see what oh, they yeah. were like up to really in the late years. I love Rey Mysterio and Rob Van Damme, so... Yeah. I can't wait to do episodes on those guys. You're obviously quite a fan. But they left WWE in 2005, and a very, very horrible thing happened to them. They left WWE under the assurance that they had the rights to the Dudley name. Right. They did not have the rights to the Dudley name. Well, how could they be told that they did if they didn't? Paul Heyman told them that they had the rights, but Paul Heyman actually had sold the rights as part of all the ECW trademarks when WWF bought... ECW. Did he know that when he told them that they would have the rights? Depends who you ask, I mean, his parents were lawyers, right? Yeah. So he probably was pretty on top of those things. You would imagine. Yeah. All I know is that there was a period then, and we're not going to go into TNA stuff, folks, because, you know, it's not... It's no knock on them, okay? It's it's a knock on TNA, maybe, but it's not a knock on the Dudley Boys. They wrestled in TNA, they had some great matches. They had a lot of shitty matches, a lot of shitty storylines. But it's not really that vital to be honest yeah the only thing of note they did in tna was have pretty cool solo careers and i think we could do separate episodes on those at a later date but they had to be known as team 3d then they couldn't be the dudley boys so from when they left wwe yeah all the way through until just recently recently. yeah 11 years nearly 11 years God, so when you hear 2004 and you think oh it's only a few years ago it's 11 not. years yeah so when you think about it they were actually team 3d probably for longer than they were the dudley boys that's weird <laughs> which is kind of scary but they're back in wwe now right and i mean what are your thoughts on them currently now oh. having seen having seen some of their more classic stuff but also seen them recently are you excited that the dudley boys are part of the show oh definitely um when they first made their comeback and it was them walking down the little ramp thing. Yeah. And you were there squealing in the mm. corner going, Oh my god, what is I actually did go, what? Yeah, that's just true. <laughs> then I was all excited because you tend to have quite good taste. Oh. So well, well, thank you very much. <laughs> Benefits of doing a podcast with your girlfriend. She has to say you have good taste. I'm con- okay? contractually obliged. Contractually obliged <laughs> to, to, to do that. He'll cancel the show if I don't say that. Currently, they're feuding with the New Day. And it's just, for me, it's, it's a like... a match made in heaven. I love it. I just yeah. love the fact that the Dudley Boys are on my screen. They're there as veterans. They can help the tag teams that are there, maybe get over. I'm excited to see what comes from it. Even if it only lasts a few months... I think it's it's great that they've come back. I think it has the potential to last quite a long time, considering they're both 
all they're all really vocal. Yeah. And they're really good at like even when they're not wrestling and they're all incredible wrestlers. Mm. So really that's awesome. Yeah. But like even when they're not wrestling, they have the potential to like build a crowd. Oh yeah. Eat and stuff like that. There's a lot of use for Bubba Ray Dudley in a wheelchair could probably still fucking yeah. make a crowd feel like they're the greatest thing in the world or that they want to kill that man mm. who said those awful things. Uh, very capable of the Dudleys of being both amazing faces and also despicable heels. Yeah. So what were your kind of final thoughts on the Dudleys then? Did you really kind of enjoy what you saw? What were any standout moments or were you keen to see more from them? Oh, I'd love to see more because I like their wrestling style, mm-hmm. which is quite unique for that era. Generally, I find it a bit slow. With the exception, obviously, of people like Rob Van Dam and Shawn Michaels. There's always exceptions. But no, you definitely... It's a lot slower back then, and they were yeah. much more high-octane. And big jumps. Mm. Is that high-flying? Oh, yeah. Things? They do I mean, yeah. they do, do jump off. They do flip big time when they get yeah. moves given to them. Definitely. And I think their whole tables gimmick is really funny. Yeah. But we, we've mentioned why I have my issue with it. So, I mean, because for me, looking back... And one of the real problems of the Outsider podcast, I'm like, Dudley Boys are my favourite tag team. And I've had to go with a fine-tooth comb through every excruciating, awkward, fucking hell, it ain't 1999 anymore, folks, moment with yeah. them. And I've still come out the other side kind of going, you know what? They had some real fucking divisive shit, inappropriate stuff that was not cool. But I still can put that aside and kind of enjoy them because it's not as if... You know, they changed with the times. Yeah. You know, and that's not them anymore. And I don't feel, although they would have had input into the whole tables thing, I'm fully aware of the writing staff at WWE during the Attitude Era, and I would put far more blame on them and Vince McMahon than I would on the wrestlers. I don't think the Dudley boys are kind of like, if we don't put a woman through a table tonight, we're walking, Vince. That's it. And Trish has to do it. She has to seduce me. She has to do it. And just to wear this outfit from the Victoria's Secret catalog, the one. White boots and the fluffy (laughs) cowboy hat. It has to be fluffy, Vince. I picked it out. God damn it. Dudley Boys, incredible tag team, and I think important thing to do now is maybe have a quick look and see what the How To Universe had to say about this one. Let's go take a look at the tweets and the Facebook posts. Before that, however, let's get soothed by the horrible sounds of Bubba Ray Dudley's horrible, evil promos. Tommy Dreamer! The saviour of the wrestling industry! Crucified for the sins of Beulah McGillicuddy. Dreamer, you can give your soul to Jesus, but your ass belongs to the Dudleys. That ring is our church. These are our colors. 3D is our cross. And tonight, Tommy Dreamer, it's your cross to bear. So we had a tweet from another L saying, I've never needed an episode of your show as much as I need How To Dudleys. They're new to me and I don't get them at all. Are they supposed to be brothers? Why do they wear hunting camo and nerd glasses? What's the big deal with tables? It's, it's so funny because, I mean, the Dudleys have got so many gimmicks and things that are taken for a yeah. given that for the new fans, it must be... 
Like, they don't refer to the fact that they're brothers on TV anymore. No! I was so confused for so long. But, like, Edge and Christian used to be referred to as being brothers, but they're not actually brothers, and they never do that anymore, because it's obvious that they're not brothers. And it's... then you've got, like, the Wyatt family, who aren't actually a family, but they're a cult. <laughs> yes. And then you've got Kane and the Undertaker, who are apparently brothers, and I'm yeah. looking forward to that, because I do not understand their story at all. And it's funny, like, the glasses are a remnant of the original idea. The glasses are a remnant of Paul Heyman watching fucking... You know, slap shot and going, that's pretty cool for a gimmick. So did all you the know? Dudleys wear glasses? Yeah, all the Dudleys wore glasses with, okay. with tape on them. That was the kind of thing. And the camo was just kind of an evolution of that. Tables, again, was just something which, because no one else was doing it in WWE, they very much kind of became popular for it. So there's so many little bits and bobs, which granted, I, I think are kind of, oh, that makes sense. But if you're not, if you're not been watching for a while, it's quite perplexing they Definitely. are they have got a lot of question marks over them the yeah Dudley i'm really boys. glad that we have this podcast to understand it all because uh, i yeah really didn't know that's why actually when they came back to wwe as soon as they walked down that ramp and you'd finished your little cute squeal i immediately said can we do one of the next <laughs> episodes on them please because this is confusing yeah yeah definitely <laughs> and i'd like to understand what's going on please <laughs> we got a tweet as well from sam j the duck the Dudleys, along with the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian, made tag team matches so effing interesting. A vital part of my childhood. Oh god, tag team wrestling is something I love so much. And I'm, I'm talking in, in WWE, you've had nearly 13 years of bad tag team wrestling. As in, not the tag teams are bad, but just the booking is bad. They treat it like something that's women's wrestling. Like, oh, we had to put it on the show. Fine, yeah. oh, fine. You know, and it's really sad because tag team wrestling, I think, is really entertaining. Mm. Vince McMahon doesn't think there's money in it. But I think the Dudley boys kind of prove otherwise. They, The kids on the playground, when wrestling was at its most popular, they were nine times out of ten were either doing something to relate to the Dudleys, the Hardys, or Edge and Christian. Because those were the most relatable characters. I mean, we all liked Austin and The Rock and all that, but the Dudleys and the Hardys and Edge and Crit, that was what it was. It yeah. was so fucking popular. And I, as cool as, like, tag team wrestling is at the moment, I don't know if there are that many strong associations with tag teams and fans. Yes, New Day, yeah. obviously. Dudley boys hopefully will get that as well. But uh, yeah. they, made, they made tag team wrestling big, not the other way around. I just love the idea of kids in playgrounds with trombones. <laughs> <laughs> Childish Tycoon said, They're the only team to win ECW, WWE, WCW, NWA, TNA, and IWGP, New Japan, tag belts. No other team will ever do that. Yeah, that's very much true. Zara Nova said, Pro wrestling gets repetitive, but a table being obliterated has always remained exciting to me. Thanks, Bubba. That's true. And you know what? I've probably seen 186,000 instances of people being put through tables, and I still go, yeah, every time it happens. Love it. Guest Cody asked, The Dudleys are an amazing team, but I always thought Bubba was a star and Devon was not nearly as good. What are your thoughts? Oh, definitely. Um, Bubba had a successful solo run in TNA as Bully Ray, this kind of evil bully character, and it was incredible. Really, really great. One of the best heels in wrestling at the time. Right. Definitely deserving of its own episode, as I said. Um, Devon is, is is also amazing, but I think Bubba probably does have that extra star quality. It would be interesting to see if WWE would ever consider running with, with Bubba as a singles guy, mm. um, because it's not worked before when they've tried that in WWE, but he, I think out of the two of them, Bubba definitely, probably, I'd say, has more of a an edge to him. Yeah. Edge, definitely. Rob V93 said, They're one of those tag teams that work equally well as faces or heels. They are that charismatic. Yeah, definitely. I think we've watched instances tonight where it was kind of like, wow, 
the Dudleys are awesome, and also those goddamn Dudley boys are evil incarnate. Rick Bateman ninety two said, "Put an eighty old woman through a table and still got cheered. Best team ever. Bubba is criminally underrated. Yeah. Do you think he's underrated then? Oh, definitely so. Mainly because of the fact that he's not gotten a singles run in WWE. Right. I think Bubba Ray Dudley, I think, is capable of being like a world champion in wow. WWE. That's how good I think he is. The FBK thirteen said, "Capable of going from reprehensible vile heels to crowd friendly, recognizable move spot faces. Great team. Definitely amazing team as well. Very crowd pleasing offense always. Yeah." And and again, I'd say any match from the 2000 to 2001 Dudley Boys Are Good Guys era, um, just check it out because it's always got fiery hot tags, big crowd reactions, always fun to watch. Do check any of those out. Dappersden said, As a kid, I enjoyed their antics and catchphrases, but looking back, they truly are the best tag team in modern wrestling. That said, their habit of using homophobic language in ECW and attacking women who did nothing in the story is a mark against them. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're going to point the finger, I guess, though, at, you know, that kind of thing, I mean, you know, that wasn't just limited to ECW and it wasn't limited to the Dudleys, okay? I mean, we've come across so much stuff, uh, that stuff that's even worse than that, by the way, in terms of, like, homophobic, transphobic, sexist, you know, across WWE... WCW and ECW during that time frame so definitely reprehensible stuff but bear in mind it's not just the Dudleys not to say that makes it any better but that it was rampant at the time do we blame Vince Russo I think we blame wrestling fans and what 90s pop culture wanted that's what they wanted and that's what they got and finally Gakuman said the APA if it was funnier and more endearing so full of passion you'd expect them to spontaneously combust. What's, oh, God. What's the APA? The Acolyte Protection Agency. That's the veteran team who the Dudley Boys would have been tested against when they first came oh, in. Oh, I see. Really cool tag team. But I, I think the, the thing about the intensity, when you can tell that a wrestler is like kind of crossed over from I'm pretending to wrestle into, ah, this is real. Yeah. What Bubba Ray does is get the tables. You feel that moment. Oh, definitely. Massively so. Got a couple of posts over here on facebook.com forward slash wrestling, where you can, of course, always leave comments and thoughts and matches for whatever our topic is going to be. Uh, first in here from Brandon Debus summing it up nicely. When the Dudleys first debuted in WWE, I had no idea who they were. My only thought was that all they were were fat, tie-dyed, four eyes <laughs> and a stuttering nerd who would never go anywhere. My opinion changed for life when they hit a 3D and I literally jumped out of my seat and exclaimed, holy shit so loud, I was grounded for a week. It was worth it. My thoughts are with you there, brother, definitely. <laughs> Ads Deluzio says, earn gold everywhere they've been, helped innovate a match type, managed a career of being loved or hated with very little middle ground, incredible charisma, the most marketable finishing maneuver in a tie team ever, possibly ever. Says a lot about a team who no matter what them, much I like and appreciate them, they'll always be those damn Dudleys after their run of powerbombing women through tables in WWF. I think most people, even lapsed fans who watched a little bit of wrestling back during the Attitude Era, They'll all remember Austin, they'll all remember Foley, The Rock, but they'll also remember the Dudley Boys. I would yeah. definitely agree with that. And I think lastly here, summing it all up, I think this is pretty amazing here from Ben Bradley. Quite simply, loved, hated, never ignored. I think that's a great way <laughs> of summing up the Dudley Boys. But I hope this was an informative edition of How To Wrestling and those incredibly confusing-looking, accessory-laden, camouflage gentlemen who've come out on the show recently now make a little bit more sense for you. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's still the issue of what on earth is going on with uh, 
Is, is he aroused? Is he angry? What was their intention with that whole putting Trish through a table thing? You know what? I think they should just let Bubba put a woman through table on Raw next week, just so we can see how he reacts. Just so we, <laughs> we need we need to figure Has out. Does he overcome his strange internalized Hulkamania? Does he finally know whether to ejaculate, defecate, or urinate? Yeah. Who knows, yeah. you know? But that was the Dudley Boys, and thank you very much, everyone, for your tweets and your messages to Facebook and Twitter. It was very, very helpful getting a wide variety of opinions on the Dudley Boys. Almost all of them positive, though, you know? Yeah. By the people pointing out some of the problematic aspects, everyone has got very fond memories of those and damn I Dudleys. I can see why. They're fantastic wrestlers and great entertainers, so, mm. yeah. Are you interested in watching more Dudley stuff, then? Definitely. Very yeah. good. Yeah. That's good, isn't it? Because we had a few episodes where you came away liking well, we them less. One. Oh, well, it was well, two, I think. Brock Lesnar, I came away thinking, oh dear, what a terrifying, awful man. Yeah. But I still love him as an actual wrestler. But Dudley Boys, I think it's, it's been yeah. mostly positive. Your, uh, yeah, no, I, I think they are awesome. I think they're really good wrestlers. And it's now time to mention what our next episode is going to be. <laughs> Some people, I think, have already figured it out, judging from the references which are going straight over my head. Right over <laughs> Joe's head. I think the only person who doesn't really know what we're doing next episode at the moment is Joe. Yeah. However, that being said, Big Papa Kev's your hookup, because the next episode is going to be How to Scott Steiner. Huh? Yeah? It doesn't make any sense. It no. will, honey. I swear it really? will. Will it? Because I've seen... <laughs> our illustrator Dan Swanton I've seen his sketch of the artwork and when he sent it to me I was just kind of like because he was like asking for feedback I was like ah oh, I have no idea what to say it makes no sense to me and when she showed it to me I was like rolling around on the floor laughing yeah literally so, you know. so I was like okay that's good how to Scott <laughs> Steiner we need some matches we want to get a nice scope of Scotty's early career some stuff with the Steiner brothers okay and also as well his run in WCW WWE and might even look at some TNA stuff but the most important thing folks we all know what we need to show Joe are some Scott Steiner promos okay so hook us up with the weirdest most poorly articulated articulated, unintelligible bullshit that Scott Steiner has said over his illustrious career. I want weird stories about Scott Steiner driving around one-way streets, okay? I want weird videos of Scott Steiner's weird workout thing that he tried to get off the ground recently. I want stories about him trying to sue people. I want anything you've got on Scott Steiner because I need Joe to appreciate how strange and odd this fellow is. How to Steiner, send your tweets in, please, folks. We've got to make this one count, okay? Oh, my God. So that was the thing. First of all, I should mention that the episode for Scott Steiner is actually a Patreon request from one of our $50 backers, Neil Bainbridge. And can I just once again compliment the fact that all of our Patreon customers seem to have the most immaculate fucking taste ever. Yeah. Thank you, Neil Bainbridge. This is going to be so much fun. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. So when I got the... Um, the request sent in and because uh, I, I tend to read these before Kevin does and I did a quick Google and just saw basically Hulk Hogan in like <laughs> what chainmail <laughs> kissing his arm yeah <laughs> You gotta make you gotta make that image make sense to this woman. You think you're up for it, How to Universe? Huh? You think you got the cojones? Can you make that make sense? Please, in 140 characters, make that make sense. <laughs> I literally cannot wait for this episode. Yeah. I'm jazzed. How to Steiner, folks, okay? Get your tweets in for that one. 
So thanks everyone so much for listening and thanks for supporting us continually in this podcast adventure. Don't forget you can find us on iTunes, you can subscribe to us on there, leave a rating or review if you're feeling especially kind and you can also find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio I believe. Yes and thank you everyone who's left a rating or review so far, it's been ever so kind and helpful of you. Best way to keep in touch with the comings and goings of How To Wrestling, follow us on Twitter, at How To Wrestling, goofs and gaffs, thoughts on what's going on in wrestling, talking points points, images, funny stuff, and of course as well, getting your tweets in for the next episode. And thank you to everyone who contributed to How To Dudley Boys, and we look forward to seeing what you've got for How To Steiner. Don't forget as well, you can find us on Facebook, that's facebook.com forward slash Wrestling. We are putting up the match lists now, before and after every episode release, so that you can watch them whenever you like. We're also including them when we upload the album art, as well as a link to the episode and where you can find it when that's uploaded. We get fan art sent in occasionally and oh, it's some amazing. amazing stuff. It's so we have cool. us as the Dudley Boys at the yeah, moment, which is the, the coolest. coolest thing ever. Seriously. I can't emphasize how much me and Kevin freaked out over all the fan art that you guys Thank you, fans. In. So, so cool. We love it. And of course, if you want to help out and support this podcast and our many endeavors and plans for the future, patreon.com forward slash wrestling, where you can become our backer and help us out in our quest for podcast glory. Backers get different rewards depending on how much you want to pledge. It's a monthly pledge. $1 backers, as little as, you can get access to the show notes. All the research that goes into making this episode can be yours. Screenshots and pictures and tweets and all that like goes in there. $5 backers will get access to our exclusive bonus content. Monthly reviews of the WWF pay-per-views from the WWE Network, which Joe and I put up usually a week or so after the events themselves. And of course, not only do you get all future ones, but you get access to our previous ones. So you'll get access to all the pay-per-views that have come before this since we started our Patreon. Hey, Kevin, I've got a question. Yeah? Isn't that basically an extra episode? Basically. Each month? An entire episode. You get to hear our thoughts on the current show, the current product. Now, what the hell is going on there? I think that's pretty much good value for money, Joe, is what that is. I think so too, Kevin. $10 backers get access to our monthly Q&A stream as Joe and I play video games and field questions from the How To Universe. And if you want to steer the ship that is How To Wrestling, you can become one of our $50 backers and request an episode much like Neil Bainbridge has just done. $50 backers get to request an episode of How To Wrestling. If there's some topic or person or thing that needs to be covered, get in touch with us on patreon.com forward slash How To Wrestling. And thank you once again to all of our patrons who've helped us hit so many of our stretch goals already. Your support is much appreciated and long may it continue. And one exciting new thing that me and Kevin are doing in our spare time is playing with Kevin's wrestling dolls and what I mean by that is we are doing educational vines using the hashtag wrestling move Monday you can follow that and see exactly how on earth we do things like a big back body drop or a suplex or a clothesline or a power bomb as reenacted by Kevin in his pajamas these pants are definitely comfy for around the house I am saying and yeah. I will let you know right now Please watch this series so you can see how much fun a grown-ass man can have with wrestling figures on a social media site. Seriously. And one last thing, we now have Snapchats, and you can find us just by searching for How To Wrestling. Yeah, definitely. Check that out. Thank you, everyone, who's joined up so far. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of How To Wrestling. Thanks again for all your comments and help on finding out more about those damn Dudley boys. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. And a goodbye from me, Joe. And we'll catch you next time when we've got a 133% chance of finding out more about Scott Steiner. Holler, if you hear me. Huh? See ya.